Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 12 of BS with RNS podcast. Not realizing that because dad is overweight, he can't get on the scooter. <laughs> 20 dad more really pounds. I can. Oh, absolutely. I did. But then it was like, womp, womp. Get your fat ass off of this. Yeah. So, yeah, I had to do that slow walk or that that humble walk off of it. Here, just take it. Mom, can I go down or go down to Antoine's house? Why? Yeah, is your room cleaned? I just cleaned it. Why do you talk to me like that when you know I will kill you for it? The worst answer as a kid was why because i said so that's not an answer and now i use that shit all the time can i do this have, no yeah. why because i said so damn it there's john Leguizamo as luigi you could have had me as a cameo uh a cameo no they did the right thing get the <laughs> f- out of here yeah, exactly <laughs> Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Sean. Hey, this is Rich. Welcome into episode 12. What is happening, my good man? Uh, nothing much, my friend. I'm um, just living my best life. How about yourself? Oh, you know, can't complain. A lot of, lot of, lot of stuff to get into. Uh, I'll, I guess I can go first. Uh, oh, I mentioned on the last episode that I was doing, I was just overwhelmed with things to do. Uh, last Monday, after we wrapped the show, I did a live stream for the Laughing Ogre, which is the local comic book store. Uh, free comic book day was two days ago. Yeah. Yeah, two days. And uh, doing an interview with uh, Paul Jenkins, which for all the people that don't read comic books, he was the guy who wrote the origin of Wolverine. He did a bunch of Hellblazer, John Constantine stuff, and uh, just all around really cool dude. So... We did that. I did that on Monday, and then I get a message from the guy who runs the Laughing Ogre, Gib. He messaged me Friday and was like, "Hey, Paul's coming in from the airport. We're all going to have pizza and drinks at the store after we close. You know, feel free to bring you and your brother." And we went, and it was literally just six people. It was super badass. So Very got to talk intimate. to him. Got to hear him tell some additional stories that I'd never heard before. And I mean, he's dropping names like Stan Lee, freaking uh, Joe Casada, like all these people that he worked with. And it was pretty cool. Uh, Rob and I got to get a photo with him. He signed all my books. Cause you know, I wasn't going to be able to make it to free comic book day. Cause uh, Sean and I work on Saturdays. So he did sign yeah. uh, a to few books. Fair, that I had. Yeah. To be fair. Allow me to retort. Did I not say that I would hold the fort down while you go go get your comic books? Yeah, but it was kind of unnecessary at that point since I met him the night before and he signed my shit and there was really no point in going and dealing with the crowd because it is like the busiest day for any comic book shop when they're doing that stuff. So, well, dude, that's just like if I went to dinner with Stone Cold Steve Austin 
Right. And then I had a chance to meet him again. Cue it. I'm not gonna dun, 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 dun. Exactly. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to. Hey, I saw you last night. I know, buddy. But I got some more stuff for you to sign, please, and thank you. Right. Uh, it's funny that uh, I was talking to uh, Kim, my wife, about you know I'm gonna go to work on Saturday, and then Sean said I could. He would hold the fort down if I left. Well, funny thing is, it was like our two dogs annual vet visit at like nine o'clock on Saturday. Oh, okay. So uh, you can leave to go get comic book signed, but you can't leave to help me get the dogs to the vet. <laughs> I was like, uh, no, should have did it on a Monday. <laughs> Sorry, Kim. I love you. I'm glad you made it to the vet. Okay. <laughs> she was like, I was sweating and I hadn't even left the house trying to get these dogs. So George Bailey, our one super, hyper slash anxiety ridden dog that's uh, one way of know, putting it there's a story behind that he was born in the wild so like he's got anxiety issues but he's a he's a really he will not leave the yard so if he like bursts out the front door he will go oh crap uh, nope and turn around <laughs> he just wants to stay inside his four walls um well i got some extra soul <laughs> off if you want to put it in right. his puppy so she gets she gets him into the car and she goes in to get our other dog Minnie. And like he bolts it, goes through the driver door, escapes through the driver door that apparently she left open and ran back in the house. <laughs> what, bro, you didn't even make it out of the garage. And I don't know any other listeners that have dogs, but when they get like get like that and they don't want to go, they're just giant dead weight paperweights. They will not yeah. help you at all. <laughs> so she mm -hmm. said it took about 30 minutes to get him in the car. <laughs> <laughs> well, so to be fair, I did offer to if you need to leave so you can get your dog stuff done. <laughs> yeah, but nine o'clock on a Saturday is totally different than four o'clock. I mean, we can all agree on that. Oh, we can. But let's be honest. I mean, again, it's, it's we run a daycare center. So at that point what are you going to do so yeah that's me so free comic book day i did not attend but was part of the festivities got to meet a really cool uh writer and shoot the shit with him for a little bit and got some stuff signed and live stream went really well i think we didn't really advertise for it so maybe 15 to 20 people tuned into it and then stuff like that like long form interviews uh people go back and watch it and i've I've gone I haven't really gone back to see how many people watched it. I think the last time I did it to make sure it was complete on the Facebook page, it was like mm. a couple hundred people watched okay. it. So that's not bad yeah, at all. So, so that was that was me on a catch up. So mm. what's up with you, bro? Oh, nothing much. Uh basically, uh just had a great week. Um Found out uh, from last show, I talked about my daughter. She had to put a, be put in a cast and all that nonsense. So I uh, found out it was not a break, thank God. It was actually just a Good. shadow on the x-ray. So basically, she just bruised her kneecap. So she's back to 100% now. So my wife, Andy, can stop, basically. If I say basically one more time, I'm going to whoop my ass. But thank you so <laughs> yeah address that bullshit but <laughs> but yeah she um 
she's back to 100% now. Just, she's got that young kid energy right there that she bounced right back. Plus she's the weather's like, super nice. Can't get yeah, entertained. Yeah, because I know the wife wanted it was more concerned too, like about her safety. But it's like, oh god, she's got competition in three weeks. Then we got states in about a month or so. So, how is this going to affect her? We've already put the money down for this, and now she's just going to be a spectator. But the girl is—I mean, she's eight, so yeah, they, she's already resilient. They already got like the Wolverine healing factor, basically. So, yeah, bother that. Yeah, so yeah, that's one good thing. My baby girl is back to being a hundred percent pain in the ass. Also, um, I go back to I probably need an intervention because I have a, a problem. This is why I don't go to casinos or <laughs> anything because I know I have an addictive personality. Right. So now, um, like we talked about last episode, uh, I'm on a website, an auction website. And now I have a problem. <laughs> how's, that, how's, that how's that hundred dollar? How's that hundred and forty dollar scooter going, buddy? Oh, I, uh, nothing that I partake in. Uh, apparently, the kids have planted their flag on that, and that's all they were doing around the neighborhood the last nice. week. Now, uh, part two. <laughs> Your dad's uh, the coolest. He got you a cool scooter. Not realizing that because dad is overweight. He can't get on the scooter. <laughs> Twenty Dad more really pounds. I can. Oh, absolutely, I did. But then it was like, womp womp. Get your fat womp. ass off of this. Womp womp. Yeah. So yeah, I had to do that slow walk or that that humble walk off of it. Here, just take it. Damn it. But, yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, I just if you do auctions, just as a precautionary, because like I've said many times in the past. Uh oh, Sean's I, dropping a PSA here. Yeah, there's one of me born every minute, meaning that they look out for suckers all the time, and I just fit the critique, apparently, or fit the description, if you will. So I I remember buying that patio set, and I don't know if we talked about this on the last episode. Mm-hmm, right? so, I, mm-hmm. so I got the patio set. You got a set. whole patio set for $80. I sure did. Uh, let me tell you what I didn't get. Out of seven boxes that it was supposed to come in, I got box seven of seven. So apparently reading is not in my comprehension, comprehension, if you will. So now I'm salty sitting on a one chair that doesn't even have a cushion on it at all. <laughs> Let me tell It didn't come with a cushion? It didn't even come with a cushion. I so when we got home Saturday night, I was, I was like, let me go ahead and mow the lawn. Did all that. It was like, eh, let me go get my one chair out and see, put that together. <laughs> so the wife just, I you you've anybody who listens who has a spouse that when you make a bad decision, they just give you that look. I told you so. Yeah. <laughs> and and there's a reason why she's in charge of the finances because again, I I would be one of those guys on the highway basically with a sign saying what a funny sign trying to get some food because i just blew all my savings away on nonsense so buyer beware read the fine prints make sure it is what you're getting right there i think i've become a little bit of a savvier if you will but eh, i'm so when you went to go pick this 
this whole patio set up and they said here it is did you then open up and go let me no, let me t- damn it <laughs> let me tell you about the it it's just like a big warehouse so they have like it it's like being on back of a trailer on at a, or at a swap meet so they have boxes they have rows then they have boxes but everything's mixed together so the only way you can distinguish what is yours is they'll have like an orange tag a red tag a green tag okay. other than that you have to dig through the lot or dig through boxes trying to get to what your thing is so when i went there initially i'm looking for a big ass box I'm like hey where's my patio furniture at Motherfucker. exactly so i was like uh you know what i found a scooter i found my chair okay where's this patio bo- oh oh it so i went to the script back on my phone it's like yeah, let me see where this is at and it's like, uh, whenever you see a uh, click for a preview, that mm-hmm. usually means, uh-oh. If it doesn't say appears new, then you're you're basically like shit out of luck. So when I saw it, it's like, oh, shit, there's only one box here. Oh, <laughs> God. Oh, God, it really is only one box. Okay, I got to tell my wife before. Let me mitigate this damage before. Then I get home that day, and then the kids get home from school. Oh, where's the patio furniture at? <laughs> oh. Dad made a boo boo. Yeah, you know, this is, you know how you always want your daughters just to basically. I don't want to say basically, but you know your daughters just you want them to have a look out for people, certain mm-hmm. people. I'm training my daughters to look out for gullible assholes like myself <laughs> that will fall for any scam. Any and this goes back to the old adage of it really is. If it's too good to be true, it probably it is. is. Yeah, and I've been hit with that my whole life. Where I'm just, I'm just. It's like you just hope that you're not getting scammed or you're not getting like taken advantage of. But you gotta realize you're in the real world. You're not. <laughs> you're not. You're you're not in lollipop land. So eh, live and learn at this point. But uh, another sc- follow up: Have you hooked up your outdoor projector yet? I did. Um, How'd that actually, look? I look pretty good. Uh, it'll look even better because, again, I have an addiction. So I found one of those pull down projectors that I'm going to go pick up tomorrow. And <laughs> are you just going to mount it to the outside of the house? You damn skippy. I am. Um, so nice. I, yeah, I'm knock it out out there because the girl, all my kids have all their neighborhood friends over Saturday night and they were sitting there watching, or no, well, this is Friday night, I believe. Mm-hmm. And they're out there watching a movie on the siding, and it was actually pretty cool just watching that right there. So, so can but, you get like uh, Bluetooth speakers to hook it up to to get more of a? I don't say you need to have surround sound outside, but I I, I would imagine that you need a a decent projection of sound with all the noise that comes with being outside. See, I I don't want to be that jackass who they gotta yell to turn your shit down. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying and. Because we have plenty of those neighbors right there where it's, it's 12 o'clock at night and somebody's riding their motorcycle through the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. It's like, are you serious? Are you are you mad? And then when you when then nobody waves at this asshole because he's just be, because you basically kept the neighborhood up at night because you got to blare your music on top of your motorcycle. Hmm. Then, then you got the nerve to what did I do? Why, why is nobody talking to me? I, you know why, asshole. So, um, does it have like Bluetooth capabilities where you can just hook your wireless headphones up to it? I'm pretty sure yes. 
That'd be kind of. I'm cool. pretty sure I haven't gone in depth with it. The wife basically hooked it up for the the kids. So man, your kids are but the yeah, cool kids in the neighborhood. They got an electric scooter. They got a trampoline that breaks bones, and then they got an outdoor projector. Man, it's it's a fun house of horror, apparently. <laughs> All right, so we got another email. My mother's ball is a glutton for punishment, I guess. Oh, 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 he, I'm, I'm gonna tenderize him. Okay, Go okay. Ahead. Um, again, I must say, Matt is not paid to send these emails. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so he said, Yay or nay, do you guys consider Die Hard to be a Christmas movie? If you think it is, then you also would then recognize Gremlins to be a Christmas movie since it took place during the holiday. My answer is nay. It's not a Christmas movie. Thanks, Matt. You want you, you want to take this one first? I'm about to, to baptize this dude. All right. So <laughs> I get where he's coming from. In all honesty, I mean, I'm not going to I'm just joking around. It, it, it's good to actually have somebody that comments on it and actually listens. So, um, yeah, I, I get where he's coming from, because, again, then you go down that slippery slope of everything that comes out during Christmas or has a Christmas theme in the movie is considered a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Because if we're going that route, I've always asked the question, is Lethal Weapon? The first one, a Christmas, a Christmas movie. movie. Yeah, you see what I'm saying. So yep. you run into that little slippery slope when it comes to those type of conversations, right there. But I mean, the consensus say that it is a Christmas movie. It, it, it's power to the what people. The people have decided that that is a Christmas movie, right there. Now, whether Gremlins is a Christmas movie, that's up for debate. You let the people decide on that one. Same thing yep. with Lethal Weapon. So you let the people decide whether it's a Christmas movie or not. Uh, I'm all about democracy. So, but let's be honest, democracy at the end of the day is two wolves and a sheep fighting mm-hmm. who are basically, <laughs> if I say basically one more time, I'm going to whoop my ass again. It's two. Yeah, it's two. Oh yeah, exactly. It's two wolves and a sheep voting two. for Sean what's Patterson. for dinner. Sean Patterson has Tourette's. Uh, uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah. I second that. I I see his point, and I see, and you and I have discussed the lethal weapon uh, before. I mean, he's buying a Christmas tree, trying to bust drug dealers. There's Christmas crap going on all around the movie. Um, I don't know why the masses have decided that Die Hard needed to be the movie to say whether or not it's a Christmas movie or not. I operate, I don't necessarily think I agree with, you know, the power to the people and they're the sole thing. I think it's a Christmas movie. And again, this doesn't have to be like a giant argument. I think it's fun. I think this whole thing is like, this is like five years. This is the longest controversy. If you think it's a Christmas movie, great. If you don't, great. I think Bruce Willis actually came out and said he doesn't consider it to be a Christmas movie, probably because he was filming it in July or whatever. But That's that's what I'm saying. So I go back to... The people have decided. It's not like the directors decided this or the actors decided this. It's yeah. the people, the masses who based, I, I want to say, I didn't vote on it, but when you did a poll, I yeah. guess it would be majority of people think it's a Christmas movie. So yeah. I leave it up to the people to decide whether it is or not. But because ultimately they're the one who is who are partaking or watching said film. Yeah. 
Uh, but as far as the two of us on this podcast, I think it's a Christmas movie. You? Yeah, absolutely. It is a Christmas movie. All right. So two for two. Two for two. uh, On the... uh, Yes. I mean, it's always up for discussion whether other movies set in the Christmas time or around the Christmas time would be considered a movie, but... Eh, I just I'm just going with dead hard. Yes, it is. Yep. Thanks, Matt. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Matt. Uh, keep sending emails if anybody else would like to uh, get into the conversation. Uh, BSWRS podcast at gmail.com. Always fun. Um, you and I had a discussion uh, recently. And it always seems that, you know, we're keeping in, uh, I say it again, we talk a lot of pop culture, a lot of movies and stuff like that. Biggest, another, to bring it back to a controversy, I guess, is does Batman kill? Hmm. So I feel like we should hash this out as well. (laughs) Well, I mean, this all stems from watching the Flash trailer. So yeah, it was one. Hey, I'm looking at it as Batman, the Michael Keaton's Batman. I don't think there's not one film where Batman has, unless you count the animated series. Yeah, where he, he has killed somebody. Well, and I get, I get the the people saying that this is not accurate batman doesn't kill in the comics and that is kind of his like dead set mantra mm-hmm. that you know he will not become the criminals that he fights and he won't kill people but when you move it to the cinematic versions and i and i know that zack snyder gets a bunch of shit and they're like oh batman just blew through all these people and killed everybody but like you look back at pretty much every single movie batman's killed somebody I mean, he killed the Joker's goons in 89 with the Batwing. Mm -hmm. He killed uh, one of the Penguin Circus dudes in Batman Returns, like shoved dynamite down his shorts and dropped him down a sewer or wherever. And he uh, explosion happens. I would assume he's dead. Uh, I don't know about Batman forever. So there's a track record, I think, cinematically. So did the Nolan films, did he kill anybody in the Nolan films? I don't know. I don't think he killed anybody, but it's like, I, what do you say? I won't kill you, but I don't have to save you with Rachel Ghoul. Yeah, that's true. So, so you got that part right there. So, but I look at it as this. I mean, if, if we're going in depth with this, his inability to turn into the people that he's mm-hmm. essentially trying to put away end up like escaping and causing more mayhem, causing more death. So it's like a vicious cycle with Batman. Oh yeah. Well, I, and I, I think it, I, I love I think it's... Batman, but I'm telling you right now, it's just I'm at, if you look at the law, the big picture kind of deal right there, I think he's doing more harm than good. Well, and I think that uh, it, it brings a lot of really great, compelling uh, comic book stories for him not to kill. Because I mean, the whole point of the Red Hood when Jason Todd came back was he was bitter towards Batman because he didn't kill the Joker because he quote unquote killed him. Yeah. So I think that not or towing that line, it it lends to a lot of like philosophical and moral, uh, really good storytelling. Yeah. I, and I, and I am a person that really likes source material and likes you to commit. It likes you to stay on it when you're making a movie. It's just, I don't know. I really don't have a problem with Michael Keaton's Batman gunning down the Joker folks and like Ben Affleck's Batman. Like, I don't know. It just like, 
I view it as a totally different entertainment, I guess. And you can call me a hypocrite at the same time because I criticize certain things. But it's like, I don't think that it ruins the character when in the script it says, we're just going to do this, do that. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Well, <laughs> I just went I mean, on a long ass tangent. Oh, no. I'll, I'll, again, the movies don't pull from the source material if you're going with that stance right there. Because, mm-hmm. again, source material is Batman does not kill. Yeah. So if you're going with that mantra, then you basically are God damn, you've got to translate it over to cinematic the, the film. You yeah. see what I'm saying? I mean, again, the, the branding is kind of iffy, like Batman versus Superman, where he used to brand the criminals. Yeah, that was kind of I mean, that that was kind of iffy right there, but once you start killing, now you've crossed a line. Yeah, and again, his moral cult was is like you said before. I, I'm not going to go down to the level of these criminals. I will put them away. But on the flip side, when the Joker escapes Arkham Asylum for the hundredth time, yeah, and every time he escapes, there's usually a trail of bodies that follow. You're you're telling us that this is a cat and mouse game, and you don't care what he does. I mean, there's I think if you keep in mind that there's always going to be collateral damage that, you know, it it makes it more realistic. And I know that when we talk about our movies, yeah, it's fantasy, but we would like to see some some level of realism in it. And I just don't think you can tell the same story if you're not showing the collateral damage that happens. And I think that that's in in a real world sense, that's basically why we don't have vigilantes running around because they're going to probably cause more harm than good in the name of their quote unquote their law i guess is what i i would say or vigilante Um, justice yeah so i don't know this all stemmed from uh the late great the late great kevin conroy's comments what were his comments on it can you pull that up Or or do you know it uh, I'm. I don't want to misquote him. I. I. I don't want to ad lib either. But, uh, and in simple terms, he basically said that Batman does not kill. And, and mainly referring to Batman versus or Ben Affleck's Batman. Gotcha. But again, it's where was that same energy with Michael Keaton's Batman? True. Because I mean, all... it, it it followed right after. Did it follow after Batman Returns? I think it did. Because it came out in like 92. And that's yeah. when Batman Returns came out. Yeah. I mean, it, I, you know how I feel about Robert Pattinson's Batman. But I don't think he killed anyone in that whole movie. I don't think he did either. I yeah. mean, that, that fucking chase with the penguin. I'm sure some people died on the road. but <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going off assumptions. But a high-speed chase on a highway. Let's be honest. You don't think there's going to be like you said collateral damage with that yeah i mean he's knocking over rigs and shit blowing blowing shit up yeah but i'm not seeing anybody get a knife to the throat or nobody flipping over and dying a horrific death so it's like out of sight out of mind kind of deal yeah no i thought that was worth uh hashing out uh yeah if you agree but i'm pretty sure people have opinions about it as well yeah, I think that that was probably to switch it to Superman. I, I think that's what people had such a problem with 
the ending to Man of Steel when he kills Zod. But we've all I've said this before on the show. It's like Zack Snyder's story was the long game and you weren't going to get a doomsday uh, creature without that part of the script. And I mean, I, I get it. So it's not like he killed an actual, you know, mortal, just gods beating each other to a pulp. But no, I thought it was an interesting uh, moral question. And moral. But to be fair about this, I mean, I've learned with every Superman movie that come out that comes out, nobody's going to be happy about the portrayal of Superman. True. He's either he's too dark. I don't like his love story. He's bringing out skyscrapers, killing people. There's no. You're not going to make everybody happy. Well, and we could. That's we the could, problem. You could spin it right back. The exact same examples I use for Keaton's Batman as BVS Batman. So. What happened at the end of Chris Reeves' Richard Donner's Superman 2? Or, no, it was uh, Richard Lester's version when the, he fuck, he killed all three he, of those. Yeah, he threw, yeah he, I mean, it, when he threw them down that little shaft or whatever that was, you didn't think they're not going to the Phantom Zone at all. They are they're in out the, of existence. They're <laughs> in the North Pole, for God's sake. Well, they reversed. He reversed the chamber and took all their powers away. They were mortal, and he just like tossed them to the side, and they're yeah. they're dead. Nobody, yeah, nobody mean, was throwing a fit about that. Exactly. Because so Zod dies in every damn cinematic version. <laughs> yeah, he, he gets he gets his what what everybody wants to see. They want to see the bad guy or the uh, antagonist get their comeuppance. Yeah, we just live in a different world, man. Why do you say this to me when you know I will kill you for it? That was one of my mom's favorite lines, <laughs> and she actually adapted that into like real life. Whenever we back talked her or Why said something, you... <laughs> <laughs> dude, she managed to incorporate that into her everyday life. <laughs> Give me an example. Give me an example. You gotta tell me something. Mom, can I go down or go down to? Antoine's house. Why? Yeah, is your room cleaned? I just cleaned it. Why do you talk to me like that when you know I will kill you for it? And it's like, uh, all right. You know what I'm saying? It's just little little things and just you know growing up you can't like any type of like rebuttal is considered yeah. you're you're talking back to me. Dude, I'm just, I'm just pleading my case. The worst answer as a kid was why? Because I said so. That's not an answer. And now I use that shit all the time. Can I do this? Have, no. Yeah. Why? Because I said so, damn it. Or the most famous one. Hey, can we go to McDonald's? You got McDonald's money? No. No. All right, then. I guess not. Can we go to Clown Cone? You got Clown Cone money? Yes. Let's go. Where's it at? <laughs> I, I, in my bank account. You got a card? No, man, I, I guess, guess we're not going to clown. So, yeah, it only took 30 plus years, but we finally turned it to our freaking parents. <laughs> this is why I like those progressive commercials turning into your parents. Yes, oh. <laughs> that's straight up. If you guys don't settle never... down, I will turn this car around. Ooh, damn it, I'm turning into my dad. <laughs> I ain't never gonna turn into my mom. I, I whatever. <laughs> Don't bother me, kid. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so 
tell me about your uh, daddy-daughter date, bro. Oh, yes. Um, last Tuesday, I went on a father-daughter date. It's been a while since I've taken my third kid out. She's 11, so she's already getting into that prepubescent, like, pre-preteen kind of little attitude. And for anybody who has daughters, it's just like, you already know what's going to end up happening. You're going to be the bad guy mm-hmm. because you're going to say no to a lot of things they want to do. So I'm already trying to, I don't want to say bye, but I want to at least be there. Like, Hey, if you ever need to talk or if you ever yep. need anything at all, I'm always yep. here for you. So uh, my youngest and my wife were at gymnastics and I was like, let's go out. And so I let her pick the place. Um, Texas Roadhouse, which the food is fan phenomenal. Yeah, but by God, trying to get in there, it is always packed. Oh, it's a pain in the ass. I mean, twenty five was it thirty minutes had to wait to get seated just for the two of us. But she really wanted a place where you almost have to uh, book your put your name down online dick around for about 20 minutes before you even head to the restaurant then check in and then you're still waiting like five or ten minutes oh absolutely so and everybody's got that weird staring at each other like you just walked in here Ah." it really it feels like it's almost like gladiator where nobody talks to each other you just sit there and look at each other (laughs) spartan what is your name you know what i'm saying (laughs) patron what is your name you know say just to get seated so it was fun and so it was good food so we went and she wanted to go see the super mario movie review time review time story time uh let me interrupt before you do that i don't know if we talked about it uh Kim took our kids and uh Cole's girlfriend and one of Oh, Cole's yeah. got a girlfriend, huh? Yes, he does. Ah. Uh and one of Lex's friends took them a couple the Saturday that it came out or the Friday the, the week of of it coming out, she took them to see it. And of course the kids really really loved it. I didn't go cuz Sean and I were working. She didn't really care for it, but uh, that's uh, that's that's Kim. So, what is your? Give me your review, bro, because I have um, not seen it, and don't feel bad about spoiling anything. Uh, well, I'm not going to be like Kim. I'm <laughs> going to be me, and I'm going to tell you, I effing love that movie. Nice to the point where we might end up having another father daughter date. Just go see it again. That's how good it is. <laughs> nice. Because normally I'm a one and done. It's like, ah, I'll wait till it comes out on video. I think there's only been a couple movies that I've actually gone to see like More than multiple ones. times. And that's when I know I love the movie. So um, with everybody, with what all the critics were saying about it and John Leguizamo's dumbass, I should have been in here. No, you shouldn't have. The movie was perfect. As it was, and they I think they did a very they did homage to like the old Nintendo games that were out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they incorporated a lot of the music from the games into there, just a new newer versions of them. I mean, um, a couple of references that if you blink, you'll miss it. But I mean, they really did this justice right here. Okay, it's not the whole you already know in the society. Uh, it, I mean breathing the wrong way will create outrage 
Yeah. So can you imagine just going through the whole movie and he's got that, it's a me, El Mario. Oh, I like the spaghetti and the rigatone. You know what I'm saying? Yep. None of that. So they had they had that, but they didn't have that. Because gotcha. I'm not going to try to ruin it for anybody. Because I'm telling you right now, it's it it, it it they did it justice right there. Okay. So I'm recommending like anybody who has not seen it already go check this movie out. And I think they did a wonderful a wonderful representation of Super Mario. So and, it was good representation, and it had nostalgia done properly i guess oh absolutely it was yes okay i mean again there was a couple points where it's like eh, just like a little bit slow but other than that i mean i'm telling you right now and i think i've told you this before i think i've talked to actually matt about this ironically i think they are setting up like a smash brothers universe oh okay because right now we've already got we what do we got? Mario, we got Sonic, we've got yeah. uh Donkey Kong, we've got Yoshi, we've got we got them all at this point right now. So I can't I remember mean, not them all, did, but did uh did did Sega sell Sonic rights to Nintendo? I believe so. I think they did end up doing well. I I'm not really sure. I can't really speak on that because again, you know they've had the Sonic Mario crossovers. So yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if they did, but I don't for what it is. You put the, everybody in that universe together. Mm-hmm. I mean, you bring a you bring. I mean, you got to bring Link, of course. You yeah. got to bring Kirby, a Metroid, or uh, Samus. I think it was. I'm not really sure what the name was, but yeah, the the lady from Metroid. So I mean, I think they're trying to put like a Nintendo universe or a Smash Bros, whatever you want to call it. But I think it's yeah. like almost like a Nintendo universe they're trying to create right now. And I have so far so good. The, the first two Sonic movies, loved them. Uh, love, like I said, Super Mario right now. So, and I, I could see them doing a Donkey Kong movie as well, too. So uh, did they make reference to your least favorite movie of all time? Any references to the live action Super Mario Bros? <laughs> Just as like a pun. I again, I think they had one of those Men in Black uh, memory erasers because that <laughs> there was no reference to that at all, and there shouldn't have been. Right. I'm so happy that they didn't bring anything like that. I mean, maybe I missed it, but again, I'm sitting there looking for like little nuances from Nintendo, like, uh, oh, hey, that's Kid Icarus. Hey, that's little Joe from Punch Out. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Just stuff gotcha. like that. Yeah, yeah I just say. Yeah. Hey, Oh, there's Bob Hopkins uh, as Mario. <laughs> Thank God. There's John Leguizamo as Luigi. You could have had Sorry. me as a cameo. Uh, a cameo. No, they did the right thing. Get the <laughs> f- out of here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> ha ha, stupid. <laughs> ha ha, stupid. Speaking of <laughs> stupid, uh, what's the latest on... Uh, are you done with your... Uh... Review. But um yeah, I recommend and if you're a kid of the 80s or yeah. if you just grew up playing Nintendo right there or Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64, Switch, all the other ones, we if you played any of the games on there, I'm telling you this movie did every it did all the games of the past justice and you will enjoy yourself. Nice. So, I recommend it. So, right. yeah, but so uh that's all I got. What's uh, speaking of uh, stupid? Uh, yes. What's the latest on Bud Light? <laughs> <laughs>
Because <laughs> we can't have let's, an episode without talking shit about some woke crap. Let's be honest. It is at the point right now where <laughs> they can't win for losing. Mm. Uh, this is from Variety. You want to share? Or excuse me, I apologize. This is from Fox Business right now. Uh, there, here's the headline. Bud Light parent Anheuser-Busch to help distributors amid Mulvaney controversy. And so right now it is is a bunch of damage control that they're trying to do right now. Yeah. I'm thinking that they're hoping that they can just, this will just all die over pretty soon, but it doesn't look like that. And now that the executives from Anheuser-Busch have come out and try to distance themselves from that, now they're getting the backlash from the LGBT QRS community because now it's like, oh, you're doing that to us now? All right, we're taking all your kicking all your alcohol out of our bars now. So right now they can't win for losing. If you would have just kept it real, stop hiring all these socialism or socialists or all these bullshit like I got my underwater basket weaving degree to add, <laughs> to to basically head up your multi-billion dollar corporation right there. And then hey, this is what happens. And it really is that old definition of go woke, go broke. Yeah. And uh, they're living it right now. And again, the people that they were trying to appease, and they can say all the time, or they can say all they want to, that this did not come up to did, nobody ran this through. They just went ahead and went rogue. We know that's a bullshit. You don't become a billion dollar corporation by letting people go rogue in your organization. Yeah. yeah. You basically that shit you, got signed off. Get out of th- here. You know they signed they, off on that oh, shit. Oh, absolutely. I think that they knew what was they knew that there would be some backlash, but I don't think they knew it would be to this extent right here. Oh, I agree. I agree. I and think now that, I, now I've read a couple of things where they're like, it was only one can and we gave it to the influencer. Like, that's all you had to do. No, well, yeah. Wouldn't you come out like the, as soon as that ad came out, you would come out and disavow it right away instead of letting a week go by. And then it's like, OK, now it's time to do damage control. By then, it's too little too late. Because they were at the point right now where our most um, businesses are marking those marking them down fifty percent off, which I didn't know you could do that with alcohol, but apparently I don't know jack shit about it. But they it's like at the point where it's like we can't give this away right now. Have you been in any stores where like you see? I've been in a couple Krogers where I'm picking up a few things here or there, and then I go down the beer aisle. I haven't really been drinking a whole lot of beer, but yeah, same here. Um, the only time I, I mean, it's, it's getting warm out and usually I'll have like a six pack of something, uh, just to drink after I mow the lawn or something like that. And, mm-hmm. but, uh, I was looking in this one particular Kroger that I shop at, they, they waterfall their extra cases outside the cooler. Yeah. Uh, so that way they can just throw them in there when it sells out. Like I'm telling you, like from the domestic side, you know, you got Coors, Miller, Bud, Yingling, Yingling. Everything yeah. was pretty much shopped from the cold section, and there was no waterfall. Bud Light was completely packed out with waterfall cases on the floor. So, like, does that mean that a Budweiser rep just came in there and filled it? But I looked down and their other shit, like Budweiser, not Bud Light. I mean, if you're really following through on this 
you know, boycott, you wouldn't buy any brands, but like the Budweiser was hit or hit a little bit and didn't have any waterfall cases. It was literally just Bud Light sitting in the aisle. I mean, I'm not saying that that's the case across the market, across the United States. I'm not saying that my personal one experience going down a beer aisle reflects, uh, you know, um, almost, um, we're probably going on what, two months, maybe six or seven weeks of this so- so-called boycott. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've kind of noticed it a little bit, I guess. Well, I hate the fact that it took this controversy for people to realize how disgusting Bud Light is. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just, it just, I, 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 I bet, I guess better late than never. Yeah. Because I've never had lizard piss before, but I'm pretty sure <laughs> that's what it tastes like if you've had a Bud Light before. It's just watered down nonsense as it is. Because I'm trying to save some some calories because it's light. Uh, <laughs> I think I light mean, beers are more filling, in my opinion. Oh, oh, like I said, I'm not even a beer guy like I used to be, and I yeah. actually used to be like a Miller Light, or excuse me, not Miller Light, but a uh, Miller Genuine Giraffe guy and then i was like a yingling guy for a little bit as well too but with the job that we do i mean we gotta up our game as far as like to take the edge off and beer just does not do it so that's why you just go to the hardcore liquor so give me some brandy or give me some whiskey and yep. i'm i'm set yep. and let me let me brood in my den like batman i'm good to go <laughs> i'm looking at my shelf right now exactly <laughs> <laughs> so like, tasty exactly. <laughs> where's my flask um yeah that's uh that's a shame yeah yeah well again like i said i <laughs> you did I, this you did this you yeah, allowed this is this all to on you right there yeah and i'm pretty sure like i said before they probably like eh, it'll eh, it'll be bad but it won't be this bad and then a week later oh my god well let me ask you this before we stop talking about this would you rather okay. have the left mob mad at you or would you rather have your everyday consumer that or your, you know, stockholders that buy the stock that put money into your company? Would you rather have your consumer and stock purchasers pissed off at you? Or would you rather have the woke left mad at you? If uh, All right. Because I know that both sides, they are completely different. Certain like that particular, the, the consumers and the stockholders, stakeholders, and all those people—they fight totally different than the woke left mob, as we've we've seen. Like, yes, those people will come out and destroy your fucking business without repercussions, mind you. And then the other people just fight it with their wallet. But in my opinion, working in the beverage industry, and I, I made the comment before about your consumers—you never shit on your consumers. Cause they ultimately pay the bills. So I would rather, I wouldn't give a shit about the left and the, their stupid bullshit mob that they send out, but I, you're not going to make any money. Like you literally pissed off the core people that I don't know. I, 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 I would rather have the, the left mad at me in my opinion, I guess. What are your, what are your thoughts? <laughs> All right. My thoughts are, it's a damned if you do damned if you don't oh absolutely but if i had to pick i would go i would go back after my consumers versus yep 
both versus the mob. And I say that with your consumers, you can at least try to appease the situation, which they have not done yet. I mean, they have properly. They, they, they brought out a shit commercial. This is America. And but like, sh- ah, shut up. If you do it in a sincere manner, I'm pretty sure people will forgive and forget. Yeah. Versus the woke mob that comes after you. And if you do not toe the line, it can, at least with your consumers, you might lose some like all the way. But if you talk to them and think what your process was like, this wasn't really a good idea. So let me let us we're going to go back to our old business model. We apologize for this. Yep. You can talk rationally. But if you have the mob after you, unless you go with every single thing that they say and do, because again, we've seen it plenty of times. People will say the right things to appease the mob. Mm-hmm. They're with them. But the minute you say one thing that they don't agree with, they attack. Yep. No, hey, hey, he usually thinks the same way we do. Why, just, why is he doing this? They don't want to ask anything. You have to be lockstep with them 100% of the way or they will destroy your life. Yeah, these are the quote-unquote anti-fascist people. When oh, they, they, they embody it 100%. Oh, you can't make up the... That's why I say we live in an upside-down world. The people yep. that call themselves anti-fascists are the real fascists out there. Yep. And the fact that nobody defends that, or no, not defends that, but the fact that nobody bring when they bring that up, they make you look like the bad guy on that. This is my biggest problem with the woke mob is just that right there. They are the biggest hypocrites walking God's green earth. Yep, up is down, left is right. It it, it really changes, is changes daily. It's uh, yeah. It's it's a slippery slope they've uh, managed yeah, to put themselves they, they, in. Absolutely, and this is the problem right there. Is again, it's it's that old saying of you lay with dogs, you're going to get fleas. You yeah. knew good well if you're go- you should have just just do what you kept doing. There was no need to get involved with this at all. I mean, they were they were king of beers for how many freaking years? The only way the only direction they had left to do was go back down. And they didn't necessarily have to align themselves with a highly con. I don't even know this person, this Dylan Mulvaney. Like, I don't follow this person, you know, whatever. Do what do what makes you happy. But it's like I saw the video and I'm like, this dude doesn't even know what March Madness is, doesn't even know what probably never even drank a Bud Light in his life or his life, her life, whatever the f- I just like you could be a beer company and be like, you know, support everybody comes out for pride month and it's just like you know support people you're not discriminating against somebody be like yeah that's cool um but like they they were successful before they did this but well, like they did i think the biggest controversy with this particular individual is that a lot of kids watch uh this channel and i don't think beer aligning itself with somebody who has a majority a kid audience for alcohol is a smart decision and i'm glad that whoever the marketing people involved in this like you're an idiot like you're dumbass this was a stupid idea to begin with like you wouldn't go after uh oh we want more prisoner or we want more prisoner that's a bad example like just a particular group that should have nothing to do with alcohol 
why would you even why would you even do that it's just you've it all like comes said, down you've to done it you you're now you're lying in the shit so you, mm-hmm. you did this to yourself well Sorry. i think it all no you're fine i apologize for cutting you off but i just i didn't want to lose this point it's just, they didn't do any research on this cat Mm-mm. i think that's at the end of the day they did no research on the controversy of this the fact that again i'm a man with three daughters yeah and to see that somebody can just get on and claim 365 days of being a girlhood, blah, 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 or normalize the bulge. And you're telling me that you weren't going to have any type of outrage for that because it's already a hot button issue right now with trans people in sports. Yeah. We've already, we're already in that like little weird twilight zone of that bullshit right there. But now you've hired. There's plenty of other females, biological so, uh, females out there that could you could have gave that sponsorship to, but you decided to give it to somebody who thinks they are or is cosplaying. Well, as here, one? here's the thing, dude. Like, would would this would they be facing the same backlash if they had Caitlyn Jenner do this? Caitlyn Jenner, uh, a grown adult transitioned 100 percent and like can i think could have sponsorships for alcohol like would they have do you think they would have faced this much backlash if caitlin jenner did it because caitlin jenner as weird as that whole just calling them caitlin jenner there's no in your face throwing around hey i'm a girl 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 that's not his platform to say that Yes, he w- did. He transition absolutely. Did he win Woman of the Year without being woman for a year? Yes, but there, I don't think it would have been as much. It, there would have probably been a little bit of outrage, but not to the point where this one, it, this person, is throwing in your face that this is about that they're a girl, that they're a woman, that this is what it means to be a woman, that you need to. Uh, no, again, the fact that you, your catchphrase is normalize the bulge for a woman, yeah, I think that is just asinine. Normalizing mental illness, yeah, that's all we've been doing. That's all we that's all we do is cater to mental illness at this point. And I like, well, shout out to Tim Pool who said that. I think if you look at his previous, like, because I didn't know who he was until I would say like beginning of the year when he started our. Uh, she whatever when they started to come up and yep. it was like i think tim pool said it best i don't think i think this is just an act if i can be completely honest yeah he I came think, with receipts i remember listening to him explain it yeah when he was showing that what he was when he was still a male how flamboyant he was i think he likes attention and yep. again narcissistic more, oh absolutely and you could probably see it and I think he's just doubling, tripling, quad downing right now on everything. Because again, once you stop doing that, people start losing interest. And then you're back to being a regular schlub like the rest of us. I think that uh, Tim said that he's he's an infiltrator and real was trying to figure out what was going to get his channel clicks. And he hijacked the trans movement. And it's like, didn't start seeing traffic hit his channel until, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm trans now. Yeah. Like, he was like, what, just a regular gay guy doing uh, animal videos. 
and it wasn't getting the traction that he wanted. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, let me hit on the trans agenda. <laughs> well, let's be honest, Whatever, because dude. it's almost like it's almost like jackass. Let's be honest, because a lot of them came together because they were skateboarders and everything. Yep. And then it's like, let's do some goofy stunts that might end up like killing us. And that's when they st- they blew up. Let's be honest. Yeah. The dumber, the dumbest shit. They the did. dumbest shit. Yeah. We really do live in idiocracy right now. Yeah. The dumbest shit that you do is the what makes put you on top. Hey, you got a sex tape out there. Hey, now you're a billionaire now. <laughs> right. That's what I'm. I just did. Ain't nobody want to see a sex tape of me. <laughs> I ain't that the truth. I wish there was something on my body I could sell right now. <laughs> I would do it. Exactly. I can't even give away anything. It's like, hey, you need a kidney? Nah, I'm cool. <laughs> I see much in alcohol intake you've done. Yeah, I, I'll have it for two days before it fails on me. Right, because it's about to fail on you. So, but yeah, we just we're doubling down on stupid right now. And but like did the same thing. They they double down on stupid, and this is what happened to them. So I I mean I don't I feel bad. And again, I always go back to I feel bad for the workers there that yeah they just are they're just doing their job. And now they're caught up in this whirlwind of bullshit. So I think it's the executives that basically screwed the pooch on this. I completely agree. All right. That's uh woke bullshit for episode 12. Uh, Let's do our usual spin it back to some positive shit. What's your number eight TV show, Sean? My number eight TV show is a little show that we used to watch on Thursday night called Martin. Martin. Yep, Martin Lawrence, uh, Gina something. I forget what her last name was. Uh, uh, but uh, Tisha Campbell. Why I'm thinking of Gina as her what's her name? So yeah, yeah, Martin Lawrence, Tisha Campbell, um, the late great Thomas Ford, who played Tommy. Then you had Carl Anthony Payne, which most of us as Cole, but most of them way growing up watching the Cosby show, he was Roach. Yeah. And then Tashina Arnold, basically. So um love that show growing up. I think it, like most shows, like Fresh Prince of Bel Air, once you get past a certain season, I it's starting to like lose its appeal. I think yeah. after the fourth season with me watching Martin, it was blah. Yeah, but the first four seasons loved it to death. So, and that was one thing I always looked forward to and watching it with mom and, and my brother. It just again, that was it was always Thursday night. It was always good memories. Martin, and then Living Single, then New York Undercover, and then I don't know because we had to go to bed. <laughs> so, <laughs> But that was always our Thursday nights right there. So that always has a special place in my heart. So my number eight pick is Martin. What about my you, My number eight pick is came late to the game on this one. This is probably one of the first um, television shows that uh, I bought Kim when we were dating uh, a couple seasons for Christmas. And it, was, it premiered in 2001, and it was Alias. So it was, um, I think that was really, it was J.J. Abrams. So this was like J.J. Abrams, Jennifer Garner, uh, Michael Varton, and the biggest one I think that branched out was Bradley Cooper was on this show. Oh, he was? Yes. He he was a reporter. And I remember getting the first 
two seasons for Kim for Christmas and everybody was sold out of season one. And I had to go to this is like dates me here. Virgin records back when we oh. had a Virgin record store at Easton. And I think I paid $80 for the first season of this because everybody else was out. But I just remember this show being so badass. It uh, had five seasons, but Kim and I, I swear to God, we watched the season in one, like two nights. Cause it was just like one more, one more, because every episode yep. was a cliffhanger. It wasn't like a season finale cliffhanger. It was every episode was a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Um, but love this show. It went for five seasons, like I said, but after season three is when I, it kind of went to shit for uh, me and Kim and we kind of walked away from it. But the first three seasons, at least the first two seasons were really good. So Jennifer Garner played a double agent and it was just uh, really good. The other uh, Victor Garber was her father and love that dude. So, yeah, but yeah, if you're ever uh, looking for a show to go back and watch, uh, that was really good alias from 2001. Yeah. So Cause I remember cool. you, I remember y'all tried to get me into watching it and I just me being me as like, nah. I watched the first episode. It's like, Oh, throw the sh- I, I remember my th- my my future or now my s- sister in law tried to get me to watch this, and it was like this is ass juice. I don't want to watch this anymore. <laughs> I, I I didn't like it. It's all right, that, but that's just me though. Again, there's a lid for every pot out there. <laughs> <laughs> so number eight is in the book. So Alias and Martin. So. Mm-hmm. Always a good time. If uh, anybody like uh, Matt want to write in about really cool TV shows, again, that's uh, bswrs at gmail.com. And I yeah, think don't that let about just Matt do it. Come on, yeah. guys. I think it that goes. about wraps it, bro. Uh, good conversation, good catching up, and uh, keep your head up, bro, so you don't step in bullshit. This is rich. And as always, love, peace, and chicken grease. This is Sean. Thanks again for listening and supporting this RS production and giving this podcast a shot. I got to give a shout out to Brendan McPherson for his badass psychosis instrumental music that is attached to this podcast. All right. Let me know when you're ready. You're good. All right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 12 of BS with RNS podcast. Podcast? <laughs> I know. Oh, it was so that was smooth. good. I liked it. I know. God damn it. I liked it. It's just like me just fucking stumble at the end. It just all falls apart. All right, let's try this again. Ah! Beep, beep. Ah! It absolutely is a Christmas. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't think you would come to me that fast. <laughs> oh, For the non-visual, Sean oh. just choked on his vape. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not well.